Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio. Also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Get me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, we got a couple of things that we got to chat about today. Uh, one being, what do the Leafs do with the goaltending situation? Uh, Jack Campbell was given an, uh, an opportunity, but his health just isn't allowing him to flourish in the role that he has been given the chance to obtain. So we'll see if that plays into my thoughts here as we discuss more about what's going on at the goaltending position for Toronto. Um, the Leafs have also signed, uh, dipped their toes into the college free agent pool by signing Alex Steves. So I'll have a couple of quick notes that I've uh, that I've crafted on Alex Steves. And um, the Lockdown Podcast Network has a brand new podcast called The Cross Check, and it is with uh, Mary Clark and Andrew Berkshire. And today on their inaugural show, they were discussing Alex Galchenyuk a little bit. So I found that clip, and I'm going to play that. We're going to have some discussion about the trade deadline, some storylines I'm watching for, and uh, the... Philadelphia Flyers are in a little bit of turmoil, and I had a discussion on the Locked On NHL podcast about Carter Hart's struggles, so I also have a clip about that and my thoughts on Carter Hart um, and what's going on out in Philadelphia. But before I get to all that, let's get to what's going on in Maple Leaf land, because, well, this is the Locked On Leafs podcast, and that's probably what you guys are here to listen to um, moreover the other stuff. But um, the goaltending issue here in Toronto has gotten a little more spicier in the past week since I last discussed it, right? I was very gung-ho on give Jack Campbell an opportunity. It's his chance to be the starter. He's played well enough to have the opportunity to do it, and then Freddie Anderson goes down, and all of a sudden, okay, it's time for Jack Campbell to take this opportunity and run with it. Has a couple of good games, and then he was unable to play the other night uh, against Edmonton, and we had to play Michael Hutchinson. Um, that's an issue. And I spoke about it when I did discuss what I wanted to do with the goaltending position a week ago. I did mention that, you know, the one thing that we do need to think about Campbell is the fact that his his health has been a bit of a concern. And the reason why they can't just hand him the starting job and move on from Freddie is because Campbell um, has not shown that he can stay healthy. And, you know... I, the best ability is availability. That that's a, you know an old saying, but it's true. And if Jack Campbell, unfortunately, his body can't be available to play a string of games in a row, maybe he can't be a starter in the NHL. Maybe he has the ability to do it, you know, in a tandem where he could play, uh, you know, two out of three games and then get a, a rest, or you know, play two of five games, three of five, whatever it be, and then get a rest. 
But it doesn't seem like he could be an everyday starter, play a string of seven, eight, nine games in a row, and be good to go. Just doesn't seem like his body is allowing him to do that. Maybe it's just because he's injured and, you know, an offseason could correct that. I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I haven't been able to ask Jack how his body feels. But this is twice now where he's had an injury, come back, and then not able to play you know, comes back, plays a game or two, and then he's out again and can't play the next game and then is apparently going to be good to go for tomorrow's game. And it's just, you know, I question his health. And that's all I'm I'm saying here. I think Jack Campbell's still a phenomenal goalie. He's been really good. He was solid over the weekend against Edmonton. He was solid last week against uh, Calgary and against Edmonton or against um, the Senators. I just, we got to see what happens here, and we can't just quite give him the starter's role because we don't even know if he can play on any given night. And now I'm starting to think maybe the Leafs, with the injury to Anderson, where we haven't heard much either, and Jack Campbell, his inability to play multiple games in a row, like I'm thinking the, the Leafs now when it comes to the trade deadline, and we'll get to this a little bit later, they may have to be looking for another depth goaltender. I know they did pick up Vanny Vivalainen uh, from Columbus in that Miko Lettinen deal, and maybe there's someone who uh, he's somebody that the least feel comfortable playing in a pinch. But um, you know, we'll see what they end up doing. But the goaltending position certainly has gotten a little more interesting now that Jack Campbell presumably was given an opportunity, and I don't want to say he squandered it because he hasn't not played well. But he hasn't been available, and that's the biggest issue when it comes to Campbell. Uh, all right, so the another piece of Maple Leafs news here, they've signed a college free agent, a forward Alex Steves, free agent out of Notre Dame. He's signed to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, 21 years old, uh, 5'11", buck 85, and take a look at his stats over the last couple of seasons. Um, last year in 36 games, he had 11 goals, 17 assists for 28 points. This year, he bumped his stats up. He had a team-high 15 goals, 17 assists, 32 points in 29 games for the Fighting Irish. So, you know, we've seen progression out of him from year to year in the college ranks. Um, you know, according to a couple of scouting reports that I've read, including one actually by a uh, friend of the show, Tony Ferrari, he wrote a piece. Let me quickly find out where he, the Leafs Nation, he's now writing with the Leafs Nation, and he wrote a piece uh, giving you the scouting down low on the new prospect, Alex Steve. So if you want a more in depth conversation or a more in depth uh, view of Steve's, definitely go check that out, um, written by, by Tony. But uh, it seems like, you know, kind of a high-energy guy, crafty, skilled, bottom six type player, may get some second power play time, or he could in a pinch get that. A pretty good passer. He's got good puck skills. But like most undrafted college free agents, there's usually a catch, right? Like usually they have one really good skill, and then you try and build off of it. So, uh, you know... There's the catch with him could be his skating. You know, it's it looks like he's a decent skater, but not a great skater. He doesn't have good acceleration. Um, his play in his own zone could use a little bit of of fine tuning as well. And you know, luckily, a couple of years with the Marlies, with the Leafs development staff, uh, which has been you know done wonders for a lot of 
players that the Leafs have had. You know, Travis Boyd has been able to have a pretty good season this year. I mean, Alex Galchenyuk, we'll chat about it in a moment um, when I play the clip from the cross-check, but he was someone who went down to the Marlies, and they they tweaked a couple of things and, and kind of told him what he was doing wrong and how they could improve his game or get it back to where it was. You know, maybe they can find some untapped potential here, and he can provide some free organizational depth. You know, this isn't someone who you're going to see with the Maple Leafs next season. You know, Alex Steves is a name after today. will probably not get mentioned on this podcast Probably for a couple of years, unless he's involved in some sort of trade or something. But, like, I wouldn't expect to see him with the big club for at least two years, right? Um, It it just, it doesn't happen, right? And and college free agents are, you know, for every, every, you know, Zach Hyman who comes out of college or, uh, you know, even a guy like Jimmy Vesey who came out of college um, and has had a decent career, there's always guys who have not. Tyler Bozak, a Maple Leafs legend out of college, had himself a, a heck of a career with Toronto and then went over to St. Louis and won a cup. But for every one of those guys, you know, there's there's 10 more who didn't make it. You know, like so many guys who, who did not end up amounting to anything. I'm not saying Steve's is going to be that. But, uh, you know, let's, let's temper our expectations. As of now, I think the projection is... He's going to be a a bottom six depth guy who maybe in a couple of years could, you know, be be a guy who gets an opportunity to fill out this roster a little bit as they search for a lot of cheap talent with the salary cap being so tight um, and, and still even going to get tighter with, with a couple of guys needing to be signed. So that'll probably be the last time we talk about Alex Steves. But uh, if you do want to know more about this prospect, like I said, head over to theleafsnation.com and check out Tony Ferrari's piece that he wrote uh, yesterday on him. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or do at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Okay, so the last little piece of Maple Leafs... um, related news slash content that I wanted to talk about today uh, was just the fact that Alex Galchenyuk and, and talking about, you know, Steve's with the opportunity to to grow under the Marley's development staff. I know that Galchenyuk wasn't there for very long. He was only with the staff for a couple of weeks. I get that. So did they really have a massive, you know, uh, say on, on his game? And did they have a big... You know, are they the reason why he's found his game here in Toronto again? I don't know. Probably not. But 
I, they've done a lot of really good things with with players, um, and they are known as one of the best development staffs in the league. But there was a, a discussion on the cross check, which is a new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network with Mary Clark and uh, Andrew Berkshire. And on their inaugural show today, they were discussing the fit that Galchenyuk has had since joining the Maple Leafs. So I'm going to play that clip right now for you guys, and then uh, I'll, I'll I'll chat about it on the other side. A couple people that have been traded this season, like somebody like Alex Galchenyuk, also has you know had that journeyman label attached to him. Yes. How many absolutely. teams has he been on in the last like handful of years? It feels like half the league. (laughs) Toronto, Ottawa, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Montreal. Yeah, I mean, that's like, what, one, two, three, four, five, six teams? And Carolina for five minutes. Oh, yeah, that's right. That doesn't show up on his stat sheet. Yeah, Carolina for five minutes. Barely counts. Yeah, I mean, somebody like that, you know, getting moved to Toronto. Like I was saying about Liney, that it could restart his career. I mean, somebody like Galchenyuk on Toronto... I don't know if he's going to put up a lot of points, but that is definitely, if you're going to go to one place to revitalize your career, Toronto is probably the place to do it. Yeah. And I think that, that the fit with Galchenyuk in Toronto is perfect because mm-hmm. not only are the, are, are the Leafs like a very wealthy team that can bring in like a bunch of skill coaches, which they have skating coaches and, and they can take their time because they're so high up in the standings. They didn't need to rush Galchenyuk into the lineup. They sent him down to the American hockey league where he dominated. Uh, he, obviously he was very motivated. Like his first few games with the Leafs, he's just been a spark plug, but yeah. the fact that they also like really push offense, which fits with Galchenyuk's style. It's just been a perfect fit. Uh, they can really kind of rehab things on the fly and, and not rush him into big minute situations and also not bury him on the fourth line where he's not going to get the opportunities. He's playing with Tavares now. Like that's a dream situation to play with Tavares and Nylander. That's yeah. most teams first got line. The, like you said, they've got the structure for it. Like yeah. it, if, if any team out there is going to be the team that you want to revitalize your offense, it's going to be Toronto because of their, the way that their system is set up. They're just so deep. He's not going to be put on the fourth line at all. Like, He's going to be, you know, given time with people like Tavares and stuff like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits in that system and, you know, come playoff time, like he might even score those clutch goals and that's, he was, you know, so used to having. So like, yeah, I stuff like that, like that's really intriguing to me as to how he's going to fit on the team. But I guess so far so good, it seems. Yeah, I would say so. So far, so good. And it has been. You know, Galchenyuk has looked really, really good. And even last night in the loss to the Oilers, I felt Galchenyuk was was great. You know, like he's seems like a, a, an energized guy who knows that he's playing for his, like, NHL life, it seems like. And, you know, he understands. I think he got a big wake-up call when he was sent down to the minors when he first got to Toronto. And it was like, wow, my game has actually dropped off that much where – NHL teams don't want me and I have to play in the minors. And I think that he really took that to heart. And and since then, once he got his opportunity to come up to Toronto, it really does seem like he doesn't want to waste it. And he's giving it his all. He's giving 110%. He's out there digging out loose pucks. He's laying the body, getting physical, making some real nice plays. Um, and he's been a nice fit alongside Tavares and William Nylander since he's been here. But again, like I, I said yesterday... It needs to continue, and and I don't know if this is the, 
you know, the answer at that second line left wing spot going forward is is this the guy you want to hitch your wagon to as we near the trade deadline? I don't know. Perhaps, you know, if he plays this way going forward, I think you'd be okay with it. But can you trust a guy like that who's been inconsistent, who's already fallen off? Like once he gets I feel like once you go through the deadline and let's say they don't make a move, you know, what if he gets complacent and then affects Tavares and Nylander and they got three inconsistent, complacent players that just wouldn't go very well. But, you know, Dubas has a a job to do and, and we'll see what he ends up doing if he thinks this could work. And if he believes that Galchenyuk is a changed man and a motivated man and can keep this going for the rest of the season, because Kila, he's still playing for a contract next year. He's only on a one-year deal. He's going to enter the free agent market again this season. And if he plays his butt off and keeps playing the way he's playing now, he's going to get more than a million-dollar contract. He could potentially even get himself a multi-year deal playing the way that he is. Probably not with Toronto. I, I don't know if they'd be able to afford that. But another team saying, hey, if, if Galchenyuk is back and and you know that former third overall pick is playing the way that we all expected him to, he's still only, what, 27, might be 28 by the time next year rolls around. He's still got a couple of years of good hockey in him. Um, So we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, But speaking of trade deadline, coming up on the other side, I'm going to talk about some overall storylines, not just with Toronto, but what do I, what am I thinking of? What questions do I have as we head into NHL trade deadline on April 12th? And we'll do that after a word from Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On These podcast. Mike DiStefano with you. And uh, so, yeah, we, we're just sitting here. We're going to chat about the trade deadline a little bit and some of the storylines that I'm watching for, some of the questions that I have on how and what is going to be going on over the next little bit as the deadline approaches on April 12th. And then afterwards, also going to talk about the turmoil that's going on in Philadelphia right now. Um, and, and, I mean, I know you say, well, Philadelphia, what about Buffalo? Buffalo's gotten to the point where it's actually – comedic right they've 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 lost a lot of games it's just comedic at this point but you know the Flyers haven't gotten there yet and I think it's because there's a lot of expectation that that team was going to have a good year and it's gone south for a lot of people and uh, so we'll discuss some of that shortly but before we do let's get to this trade deadline conversation and you know when it comes to the Maple Leafs one of the biggest questions that I have now and we kind of talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show during uh, the Cosign No Sign segment is, you know, what is Nashville going to do? They're currently in a playoff position as we stand right now, right? So Nashville is in a playoff spot. But do they have a realistic chance 
to do anything in the playoffs? Like that's my other question. And and, and I don't know if that if if they do or not. I think they're a decent team. But is Pecorine a guy who at what, 38, 39 years old, is he going to be able to be a number one through a playoff series? Because I don't believe in UC Soros. I do not. If you want to say Soros is a guy who could get you through the playoffs, I don't think they're going anywhere. So to me, it's what is Nashville going to do? I think that is going to dictate a lot because whether or not, you know, is, is Marcus Granlin going to end up out there on the block? Is Matias Ekholm going to end up on the block? I've heard some rumblings that there's some potential interest in a guy like Ryan Ellis as well. You know, Matt Duchesne, does somebody want to take that contract on and, and potentially kind of revive his career if they're if they're looking to move on for it? Philip Forsberg is a bigger name that has been, you know, linked to a couple of, of teams, Toronto being one of them. There's been some Forsberg, Nylander talk as of late. I'm not, I don't think that'll happen, but it's been out there. And, and I think it just decide. it depends on what Nashville does between now and the deadline. I think they're going to dictate a lot. Because I think Mikhail Granlin is somebody who a lot of teams will have high up on their on their trade list board, on their trade bait board. I know that Toronto, it, it's been talked about for a while now, how he's kind of their, their number one target. And if they decide that they're going to make a push for the playoffs, well, that takes him off the board. That takes Ekholm off the board for teams looking for a solid defenseman. And a guy like Philip Forsberg off the board. And, you know, so, so what Nashville does is going to be interesting. And I think we'll have... Uh, they'll be able to dictate a little bit what happens here in the division. Um, but, you know, another question that I have, and it kind of goes with what happens with Nashville, but I wonder if if the lack of playoff races will make for a better or worse trade deadline. So, you know, two weeks ago I would have said, ah, I think it's going to be a quiet one, just because seven teams up in Canada basically – We're not going to make a lot of deals, I don't think, um, just with the 14-day quarantine. I think now that it's been set to seven days instead makes it a lot easier and and digestible to make a deal on deadline day. Uh, I looked for the Leafs. They're going to miss five games uh, in that seven-day span, which sucks. Most teams are only going to be missing four games. The Leafs just happen to play on deadline day and on that seventh day as well. And then they also got four games in between, or uh, three games in between. But... You know, the fact that there's no playoff races, I think, really lays out the fact that there are uh, your playoff teams and your non-playoff teams. And if, you know, there's not a lot of guys at the bottom who are going to be looking to add that impact piece for uh, to make a run down the stretch. And is that going to lead to, you know, not a lot of, of, of movement? Right? Like, like, I just think it's it's pretty set in stone who the buyers and who the sellers are at this point. And there's not much going on. And the only thing that I, I, I say, I guess, is is got, there's going to be these teams that are going to be making moves like Toronto, like Edmonton, um, you know, Washington, the Islanders, I guess. The, you know, they're still going to make the moves. But we're not going to see those big pushes from teams who are kind of on the outside looking in who might be able to squeak in and might be coming in and making a move. I just don't know if we're going to see that this year. Uh, so that that's that's kind of another question that I have is is what's the lack of races is that going to have an effect here on the trade deadline? The other thing, you know, obviously, is the flat cap. Like, how much is that going to influence 
the amount of deals that are going to be made. Like you, you take a look at at cap friendly here, and the amount of teams that are aren't cap compliant that can't even make moves. Like technically, if you really want to, you know, there's with teams in LTIR, there are a lot of teams obviously who have some money to spend, but not a lot, not a lot. Um, if you're looking to add more than $4 million, there's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So like half the league pretty much cannot add $4 million bucks, And that's with LTIR money. Now there's also a, you know, there's accruing cap space, which is going to increase the amount of cap space that's going to be available for a lot of these teams. So, I mean, in a way, yeah, there's, there's going to be more space for teams to, to make moves, but there's still not that much. And I wonder if that's going to kind of hinder what teams do. Like, you know, Toronto, they're not going to be able to make multiple moves because they really can just make one because of how close they are to the cap. I think a bunch of teams are going to be in the same boat where they can only really make one deal and they can't make multiple moves to try and, and make sure that their team is, is, you know, good for, for a stretch for a playoff stretch. So we'll see if that has anything to do with it. And the one other thing that I find really interesting that I never thought about until Pierre Lebrun from TSN, also a lead NHL writer for The Athletic, also was discussing today on TSN on Insider Trading that Seattle could have an impact on the NHL's trade deadline. And here, I'll play that clip for you and get more of an understanding about what he meant and where he's coming from. This will be our first trade center where Seattle factors in, Pierre, as far as the decisions that teams make, correct? Yeah, I mean, Ron Francis, for a guy who doesn't have any players to put out there himself, is getting more and more calls, what I'm being told, from teams around the league who are trying to feel him out and say, well, listen, if I make this trade, what would it take from you that I don't lose this fourth defenseman, for example. And those are the types of conversations that teams are having with Ron Francis. And what I'm told is the price is pretty high, that in some cases it's a first and a prospect is what Ron Francis is saying. And so that's sort of scaring off teams from trading for another player. So these are interesting conversations. And remember, at the trade deadline in 2017, there was an understanding between Pittsburgh and Vegas on Marc-Andre Fleury. It didn't come out that day. It came out in June but that day, and Jim Rutherford confirms this, the understanding was that Fleury was going to be taken in the expansion draft. Pittsburgh would also send a second-round pick. And, and George McPhee and Jim Rutherford had an understanding. They had a verbal agreement, nothing official. Seattle is allowed to do that leading up to the deadline if it wants. But, of course, it also doesn't have to. So it adds a bit of intrigue. So that's really interesting. Really interesting that Seattle, who technically not part of the league this season can dictate what happens here. I wonder if, and I'm going to have to reach out to some of my colleagues here at TSN to get the answer, but my first question is, are they allowed to take on salary? And not just the way that, you know, Toronto took on a little portion of salary uh, last year as like a will retain 50% and then trade him out. But like if the Oilers, for example, wanted to move out James Neal's salary, could they potentially do that? Could they move that salary that year? Someone who's on the practice squad or on the taxi squad and they don't intend on bringing him up this season and he's not going to play anyway, are they allowed to trade him to Seattle, effectively ending his season because obviously there'd be nowhere for him to play? 
I don't know. I'd be curious to see if that happens. I guarantee you we will see Seattle be used as as a way to retain salary. Like, you know, they'll say, okay, well, we'll retain salary. Give us a second-round pick. Right, so let's say Taylor Hall. Let's say the Leafs want to make a move to go out and get Taylor Hall, but Buffalo doesn't want to retain 50% salary. They're okay with retaining 25, but the Leafs really want that extra 25% space so that maybe they can make a secondary move of some sort and do some more, you know, get some more flexibility. So maybe they call up Seattle and they say, hey, we'll give you a third round pick if you take on 25% of. Uh, Taylor Hall's salary. We've already heard that Chicago wants to do something like that, and they're willing to take on salary and deals and kind of use their cap space as as an asset for them. I wonder if Seattle could try and do the same uh, same thing. So that's something that I think I'll be I'll be looking forward to seeing and and seeing how Seattle can somewhat dictate the deadline. All right, um, I don't know if we're going to have time. We're approaching here up over 25 minutes. Maybe I'll save the flyer stuff, uh, the, the the audio at least. I'll save the audio for tomorrow because it, it, or maybe a little bit later. But uh, two quick things about the flyers. One, Shane Gostis Bear has been placed on waivers. Two years left at $4.5 million of a cap hit. I do not think the Toronto Maple Leafs should be interested in that at all. First of all, they can't afford it. Second of all, uh, no thank you. However, there are some teams that I think could be interested. I think Buffalo should be interested. Detroit, Ottawa, another team uh, up here in the Canadian division, and also potentially Florida because they just lost Aaron Ekblad, and I think they could use another offensive defenseman, um, and maybe they can try and rejuvenate his career out in Florida because they're having a good year, having a good season, and potentially uh, you find a little bit more offense from the back end that that you've lost already. In Ekblad, you replace that with with Gosses Bear. Maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll work. And secondly, oh boy, Carter Hart is struggling out there. Really, really struggling. Um, he has been scratched for the for a couple of games, and as a 22 year old, it just not going well for him. And I'll leave this, I guess, as a tease. But you know, when he was brought up a couple of years ago. Ron Hextall lost his job because he didn't feel that Carter Hart was ready. I don't think he thought Carter Hart wasn't skilled enough to play in the NHL, but mentally, was he ready to do it? I don't think he was, and I think now we're figuring out why. And maybe tomorrow I will get to the bottom of it and have the conversation and put my Thoughts on the situation, I suppose, on why Carter Hart is struggling right now and hasn't been able to refind his game. And by the way, this has absolutely nothing to do with that uh, with that piece that came out about his his sports psychologist. Um, that that's not at all going into my my decision making here, and doesn't go into my my thing. I figured I would say that right now so that no one says, "Oh, you shouldn't be talking about that." This I don't mention it. This is the first time I have ever mentioned it. Uh it, it doesn't get brought up and it it honestly doesn't have anything to do with with what I'm talking about anyway. So just want to put that little precursor there so y'all don't think that I'm some sort of, you know, some sort of scumbag who's talking about somebody's mental health. That's not at all what uh what I did and, and how the conversation 
um, went when I talked about it on the Locked On NHL show. Um, and, and that's where I had this original conversation that I, I kind of plucked that piece of audio to share here on the show. But again, running out of time, not going to be able to play that full clip for you today, but I will play that for you probably tomorrow. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These podcast on uh, on all podcasting forums platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.